Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Friday evening where we have the opportunity to reflect into uh, Scripture for Sunday, in particular the Gospel. And we are in the 17th Sunday of Ordinary Time. And as I've had uh, Debbie Rizalis with me, in recent months. I once again have her joining me. So Debbie, it's great to have you with me another evening. Thank you, Joe. Debbie, this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time has us once again in the Kingdom of Heaven parables. Mm -hmm. And this is my favorite season of Ordinary Time. If I can have a favorite, it's my favorite (laughs) season of Ordinary Time because here we have again in this gospel, Christ using images to provoke the heart, to evangelize the imagination, to really take people where they are at in their lives and draw them closer to him. And um, so we, we're going to have a lot of fun, I think, with uh, tonight's program as he once again gives us uh, more images to draw from and to play with a little bit, to reflect more into the wonder and the mystery that is um, our faith. And tonight we're reading Matthew 13, 44 through 52. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets, and what is bad they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. Amen. Thanks, Deb. So here we have our Lord once again. Uh, almost having fun with these parables, dare I say. <laughs> As teachers, Debbie, we, we are told from time to time, be careful of not repeating the same thing. But in reality, we need to be repetitive. We need to reinforce, uh, but do it in a way that our Lord teaches us here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, provoke the heart, evangelize the imagination, and draw people in. You know, he's already talked about the importance of the kingdom, right? I mean, Matthew has made it clear Right? He's already saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew 6, you know, we have the Our Father, mm-hmm. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. So we've had this language of kingdom already, but we haven't had the explanation that we've had over the course of these last three weeks mm-hmm. in Matthew chapter 13. So it's very important then to, to focus in 
on what lies at the heart of it. And so when we think about kingdom, what do we think about? Well, it's important to remember that Christ himself is the kingdom incarnate. Christ himself is the great revelation of mystery. Uh, We can even say Christ himself is like that of a parable. The language of hidden is another reoccurring theme uh, because of the importance of mystery. Remember what we've said about mystery. Mystery in the Greek mysterion, inexhaustible reality. But again, you go to that root, the meo in the Greek, which is that initiation into a religious experience, initiation through this personal encounter. And how important is that? Debbie, if Jesus Christ is the kingdom of heaven incarnate, what he wants us to see, yes, he is the mystery, and we are called to have this personal encounter with him. And it is in that space, that encounter, that we are then in turn disposed to see the deeper mystery, to get behind the curtain a little bit and see what the kingdom of heaven is all about. He uses images, as I was saying earlier, to draw us in, that we might want to go deeper. Right. You know, we love to play around with images. We love to engage a biblical text where we can see Christ relating to our personal experience. And this is what he is doing here. And uh, it's very important for us to appreciate this because if we don't see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is Jesus Christ himself who's come to unveil the mystery, which ultimately is, is the love shared between the Father and the Son, then I think we're going to miss it. And he wants us to have that personal encounter with the truth that he is the kingdom of heaven incarnate, but that truth being love. Absolutely. And in our last few weeks here, You know, we've been recognizing, and Jesus is pointing out, that the Israelites missed him. So many of them missed the whole message. Mm -hmm. And and so he continues to go from all sides. I just see this tonight's reading in particular. He's like, it's like this. And, and, And maybe saying if they got it or not. Okay, how about it's like this? And just trying to, like a father would do, to mm-hmm. paint this picture of beauty, of love, of care. I love the verbiage he uses of treasure. We all love getting gifts. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love Christmas yes, morning? Yes, yes, But he doesn't use gift. I'm a gift. I'm a treasure. Mm-hmm. Beautiful language. Beautiful language of love. I'm a treasure for you to find. Mm-hmm. That's oh. right. And it's interesting, when you go into Paul's epistles to Timothy, and Paul is talking about the importance of handing on the faith, we also, we also see it in his uh, letters to the Thessalonians. Paul is using this language, in the Greek is paratheke, it's treasure. You're called mm-hmm. to hand on the treasure yeah. that is Jesus Christ and the teachings that come from Jesus Christ. So he's exhorting his followers to hand on, not the gifts, but the treasures. Mm-hmm. And so you just said it, the treasure hidden. Mm -hmm. This quality of hiddenness runs itself like a golden thread, Debbie, throughout just not these sets of readings, but also over the last few Mm. weeks as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's the seed that is hiding deep in the soil that is going through this rich maturation process. It's the woman's yeast that is taking its effect hidden in the dough. It is certainly the pearl that is maturing to its beauty inside of the oyster. It's uh, this treasure that is hidden away. 
It's the fish who are covertly swimming under the oceans and the seas. I mean, we say, I don't know the exact number, but we do not know the names of the majority of the fish, right? There's a great deal of mystery. And yet, does this not bring us back to Christ? Mm-hmm. There's a truth that just fascinates me. Here you have the God of infinite history up there for all eternity decides roughly 2014 years ago to enter into our, what we would say, human history. And what does he do for 33 years? He preaches the good news, he heals, he saves, and so on. He spends 30 of those 33 years, for the most part, hidden away. Yep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hidden it away. Mm-hmm. It strikes me, Deb, that, and Matthew makes a point of highlighting this, that he's disclosing these parables, for the most part, in a house. In us. Where do we spend most of our time, Debbie, but in a house? We spend the majority of our hours inside of a house, to some degree, hidden away. Mm-hmm. Our Lord spent the majority of his years hidden away. Mm-hmm. Now, are we to remain hidden away? No. No. Where, where was our Lord uh, in his first miracle, but at Cana, performing the first miracle, <coughs> excuse me, Deb, at a wedding where there are many families present. Uh, there's definitely a connection between this quality of hiddenness and mm-hmm. almost anonymity and this rich maturation process that we are all called to go through. And it was the end of chapter two in the Gospel of Luke, where Luke reminds us, He returned home with his parents and grew in wisdom and stature. Wisdom and stature. I mean, how humble is that, that our Lord would grow in wisdom and stature in a human family for 30 years. So this quality of hiddenness is very important. And we need to to emphasize that because there's a tendency today, Deb, you know, Everyone seeks the paparazzi culture, mm. you know, the mm-hmm. TMZ, the bells mm-hmm. and the whistles, the lights. We are kind of drawn to it, almost hypnotized by it at times. And yet, what is its counter truth? The very thing that we're talking about now to be hidden away. You know, you had a show a few weeks ago with Roberta about motherhood mm. and the sanctity of motherhood. And I think of all of our listeners out there who are moms, maybe stay at home moms, who are wondering where they are in this new evangelization. What am I doing that is furthering the kingdom? Maybe they aren't feeling like they're a part of of this active participation in the body of Christ in the church. I'm here to tell you, ladies, you may be hidden, but what you are doing is going to reap tremendous fruit. And I love St. Gregory just does a beautiful job talking about hiddenness. And it says, the abundance of evangelical teaching is like a treasure. Um, He's hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to the childlike. And that's found in faith. And he said, one reason it is hidden, because when it is hidden, it bears more fruit. Mm-hmm. and profits more since it blazes up. I love this. Mm. Just like a fire that's closed. I think of a wood stove versus a fireplace. You get, it, yeah, you get that fire blazing in a wood stove, yes, yes. it's hot. Yeah. And so he uses blazes up. 
and it heats more of the home. Mm. Just what we're speaking of. Mm. Yeah, God wants us on fire. Yeah. And he and the fruits are hidden, but they're hidden so that they can bear more fruit. That's right. Everything has its maturation process. Everything, oh. organically, uh, naturally, everything has its maturation process. So, yeah, you bring out motherhood, and how important is that? Oh. To see the beauty, the absolute, and I dare say transcendent beauty. There's <laughs> Mary Jean who said, oh, my least favorite thing is to do the laundry, and this is what God challenges me to do with love. Yes, the absolute oh, beauty of doing the laundry, the absolute beauty of putting together a meal. We have to embrace these moments for what they are. Debbie, pregnant, pregnant with eternal significance mm. when they are offered up to God in love. And I'll tell you something else. Our kids are watching everything we do, mm-hmm. everything we do. So if we do it in love, if we do it in love, they're going to take in that love. Absolutely. And that has a powerful effect. There is a dynamism behind that kind of offering behind that kind of love that goes a long, long way when it comes to the kingdom of heaven being made present in each and every home. I mean, 30 years, Debbie, 30 years of quiet anonymity. I mean, wow. With his mama. Yes. He was with his mama. Yeah. Yes. And he was learning the human language of love. Yes, he was. It's beautiful. It is. It's absolutely beautiful. Now, for all of that, as we talk about the hiding, that means there has to be a finding, mm-hmm. right? A little picky boo. <laughs> we would hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have to appreciate the importance of being actively engaged. You know, what was the parable? The merchant went in search of, right? Mm-hmm. The inquiry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of the magi in this case, traveling afar in search for mm-hmm. the incarnation. Uh, so we need to be... Um, watchful. We need to be vigilant. We are not going to have the kingdom of heaven uh, put on a platter while we're watching, you know, nine hours of football. No. Okay. It's just not going to happen. We need to be active. We need to be engaging. We need to put ourselves out there. We need to be looking, seeking. So important to this dynamic because when we find him, our lives will never be the same. Mm-mm. They'll no. never be the same. And, and what we really realize is that ultimately we have already been found by God. You know? Right. But it's to say in our own understanding of mm-hmm. it, when we go into that seeking, um, when we seek out the person of Jesus Christ, we will find that treasure in the field. And then what do we have from these parables, Debbie? But the joy that is just the natural outgrowth of finding a treasure, finding the pearl, finding what you were seeking for so long. Again, I can't help but think of the Magi. I think it's Matthew 2, verses 9, 10, and 11. They see the star, and then they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The English translation of trying to take a, a, a Greek phrase... And, you know, Greek is very, uh, usually very economical, a couple syllables. This particular Greek has 13 syllables. Wow. It's very active. Mm. It's a joy that's not passive because joy is not passive. Mm. It's active. It's engaging. It's, I dare say, explosive, mm. right? It's, it's the enthusiasm. Remember the enthusiasm in the Greek and theos, to bear mm. God within. When we bear the God within, the God of Jesus Christ within, 
what is going to burst forth? Joy. Oh, you can't keep the lid on. No. And so, yeah, the Magi rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they lay down their prostrate, and they worshiped the infant king. And the same thing is going on here. Now, what's very interesting, it's as if in this parable that you read for us, Debbie, the joy commands him to sell everything. You have found the treasure, the person of Jesus Christ. Sell everything. What more can there be? I mean, come on now. What more can there be? It's that explosive joy. Sell everything. We spend, I think, Debbie, mea culpa, it's just human nature, all of us, we spend a lot of time moonlighting about the things we can have with money, about the things we can buy, about the things we can accumulate, when all that we're really doing is wasting time. Mm -hmm. This whole message we hid in this, uh, the, 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 the pearl, it's less is more. We are less. We give away things that the God of history in all of his richness and grace might overflow our hearts. Once we get that, once we appreciate that the more we are detached from material goods, the more we can be attached to the spiritual reality of Jesus Christ, we will experience that joy, that joy that we read from today's gospel. So important. I mean, I love the image that Benedict offers us when it, when it comes to joy, that joy is the first proclamation of the New Testament, huh? Rejoice, oh highly favored one, right? Mm-hmm. This is the first proclamation of the New Testament. There's a reason why Pope Francis named his first exhortation on the new evangelization, on the call to evangelize, the joy of the gospel, because joy is the first evangelizer. Mm-hmm. It yes. reaches into our hearts and it draws us in. I have a... A very good priest friend that said, and I love this, who needs constipated disciples? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sherry Waddell said this weekend, if you're joyful, can someone please notify your face? Yes. 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 The joy. When Moses encountered our Lord on the mountain, his face, the countenance of his face changed. And that happens when we have our Pentecost. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I just got back from a beautiful conference in Steubenville, Ohio at Franciscan University. And as you looked around the room over the course of the few days we were there, you could just see people's faces being transformed. Mm. We're praying. We're worshiping with the worship band. And, and you see people lifting their hands in praise And I was sharing this with my sister this weekend, and it brought us back to our own little Pentecost experience in 1992 Mm. in Des Moines, Iowa. And she said, Debbie, we were like two little giddy school children, so innocent. We, We wanted whatever the Lord had for us. We just didn't understand what this moving of the Holy Spirit was about. We didn't get it. Mm -hmm. We thought, gosh, Catholics do this? Mm. And then, pow, tears of joy wash over us. And if any of our listeners have experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It could have been anywhere. Mm -hmm. You could have experienced it anywhere, at mass, at a conference, and you can't hold it back. And then the joy and love that wells within you, 
you cannot keep inside. I, I understand how Peter must have felt after that experience on Pentecost. He, he had to go forth and proclaim, you just can't keep it in. Mm-hmm. Blessed be God, and let that fire set the church ablaze. Amen. I, I think that's what the new evangelization is meant to do, and I, I pray for the fire to fall upon our church. It lies at the heart of it. Uh, Catholic, non-Catholic, really, <laughs> joy lies at the heart of it for the reasons that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the good news. Oh, really, I mean, yes. because, I mean, it's to remember, <laughs> joy, rejoice, the Greek charis, it's the same word as grace. Mm-hmm. The gift of the new covenant, the gift of the church is grace, right? The, the grace of God, God's very life and love. So, yeah, this is, this is cause to rejoice. You're talking there about the encounter. I mean, if you go through the Gospels, it's, it's always fascinating to me. Christ transforms someone, and then mm-hmm. he says, don't, don't go tell anyone. Yes. Like, how? I mean, yeah, really, Lord? I just came in contact with with the incarnation of God, and now you're telling me not to tell people about it? Yeah, I mean, shh, shh, be quiet. Yeah, don't, don't tell, tell anyone. I mean, I, you know, I've shared this story before where anytime I bring my children or just someone close to me to some event, and they have this incredible experience, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to tell people about sure. it. And that just might be a trip to an amusement park or maybe a ball game, and... We just want to tell people about our experience. Mm -hmm. And yet, as we talk about this, for everything that we've talked about, it brings us back full circle, Debbie, to this quality of hiddenness. Mm -hmm. Does it not? Oh, yeah. That we do Mm -hmm. remain hidden, not from the world that they don't see this joy, but that our lives are so transfixed by Jesus Christ, we don't need anything else. And no, people don't see Jesus per se, but he abides within us. Mm-hmm. This is the transforming love uh, that, that lies at the heart of the gospel, that love which is about that personal encounter with Jesus Christ and ultimately the calling uh, to share him uh, from that transformation. I wanted to, before we run out of time here, we just have a few minutes left, Debbie, I wanted to touch Uh, make a point on that last verse, those last few verses about the old and the new. Um, I think it's very important for all of our listeners that we appreciate what's going on there. Um, One, St. Irenaeus makes the point that as as Christ himself is talking about uh, the old and the new and take the old with you, um, that confuses some people. He says, what is he talking about there? How about the Old Testament? You take the law with you because now it's been fulfilled in me. Mm-hmm. I was hidden in the Old Testament. Yes. I was hidden in the field, as St. Thomas Aquinas would say, in the shadowy symbols of Abraham, Moses, David. And we've talked so much about this in the past, but it's really important to highlight this here because as St. Irenaeus draws it out, if we study scripture with this in mind, we are going to be so much better off in understanding our story, Debbie, understanding the story of salvation history, that indeed Christ was hidden in the field of the old covenant dispensation, in the field of the Old Testament. So important. Take it with you. 
Mm-hmm. People say, well, no. Don't abol- abandon it. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you put that against the whole old wineskins, new wineskins, the, you know, they'll burst. Wow, what's going on here? He's talking about the old law. It's been fulfilled in me. Take it with you so that you understand the, the, the fulfillment. Who understands the fulfillment without the promise? Take it with you. And St. Irenaeus was very keen to highlight this, I think. I think it's important for us and our listeners, Debbie, to appreciate this point and not to be confused. This is actually a question I got two days ago. This is why mm, I wanted to hit, to, hit it, is that uh, this can be confusing. Why, why take the old self with you? He's talking to, to a people, an audience. Remember, Matthew's writing to a Palestinian Christian Jewish audience. They know the Old Testament. Take it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. And when you do so, the fullness of truth will be disclosed. The fullness of truth will be revealed. For a final point, Debbie, I wanted to go back as we kind of wrap up our Kingdom of Heaven parables, if you will, to uh, encourage our listening audience to really spend time with this parable and these parables. Because while the reading that you read for us was very brief, they are rich in their Mm -hmm. images, all of those verses, quite rich. rich. And, you know, I've talked before on this radio program about Lexio Divina, divine reading, praying with the text, you know, calling upon the Holy Spirit to be with you and to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you're reading through this text. And I think it could be a lot of fun with these parables. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the treasure in the field. Maybe it's the pearl. Maybe it's the fish shooting out and see whatever it might be. Maybe it's the old and new. Maybe it's those last few verses, whatever it might be. Call upon the Holy Spirit. The Lord might have something for you there. Absolutely. You know, a couple weeks ago, it was was the sower. Last week, it was the weeds and the wheat. The Lord is master Raboni, okay? He's master teacher, and he wants us to spend time with these images for a reason. And so all uh, very important. Let us close in prayer, Deb, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.